I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange Paranormal Pop Culture Show with the Den of Geek Network. I'm your host, journalist, author, researcher of all things weird, Aaron Sagers. Also, you can catch me as the host of Netflix series 28 Days Haunted and on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus series Paranormal Caught on Camera. We just wrapped up our fifth season. We are filming our sixth. So, but hey, you can go check out all those episodes now. They're all out there. They never really go away. But today I'm excited about my guests. Uh, Guests today, they are embarking on yet another, or have already embarked, they already filmed it, on yet another terrifying road trip in season four of their Travel Channel series, Destination Fear. And new episodes are currently airing on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and Pacific. I don't know what's going on with your... The middle states there. I think you're like somewhere in between. And it drops same day on Discovery Plus streaming app. And in this season, I am told by a press release that they embrace the darkness more than ever before. Physically, emotionally, psychologically, they push the boundaries of fear. They daringly spend the night inside America's most sinister and haunted location. Sounds very scary. Very scary. Uh, I have to say, though, as people, they're not scary at all. They're not, they're not, they're kind of scary at times. Uh, But no, I've I've had the fortune of getting to know these guys. Very happy to be speaking with them. They're great people. Honestly, some of my favorite people to interact with at events and whatnot. So let's go ahead and bring them in. We've got Tanner Wiseman coming into the stream here. Hey there, Tanner. We've got... Chelsea Layden. Hey, Chelsea. What's up? And we have Dakota Layden, Alex Schroeder. Hey, buddies. Hello. Hello. And we already have lots of people that have questions popping up in the chat. And also, you guys are also asking questions <laughs> in the chat. I didn't know that. Yeah. Ever wonder where donuts come from? Oh, no. <laughs> we were talking before you let us in. Uh, and... Still a good question. It's a good question. Did, like, where did the hole go? Like, <laughs> did they waste it? Did they just yeah. waste the hole? There was actually on one of the Food Network. There was a show about the the um, the whole process. If it was like it was like Dunkin' Donuts versus um, Krispy Kreme. This battle, this goes back, you know, a long time ago. And I think they did address the whole mystery. The whole. The whole. See, this is why I shouldn't look at the private chat. That should just be amongst you. Because now I'm seeing all the other stuff. Uh, they're like, all these things about Aaron. <laughs> hear you, sirs. Uh, well, guys out there in the audience, if you are watching this live, uh, submit your questions. We want to hear from you. But to start with, uh, Dakota, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this up with you. I think we talked a little bit about this before, but what was sort of your overall mission as you were plotting out season four of Destination Fear? Yeah, I think, you know, because season three, it ended in Ireland, and that was such a high note to end on. And when we, we were told we had to come to the U.S., we wanted to go to Europe really bad, but COVID happened and all that, so... When we were told that we had to stay in the U.S., I knew like we had to up the stakes. We had to make this the most terrifying road trip. And the idea that came to mind was taking away our flashlights. So the entire trip, we don't have flashlights any time that we're alone, uh, which is every episode, at least half of the episode. And uh, that, was, that was the big goal. And then when it came to like locations, I think we all kind of had it on our agenda to, to find places that have never been featured or have been lightly featured. And then we did sprinkle in a few kind of big kind of bucket lists. Yeah. 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 I, and we'll get to sort of the breakdown of those locations, but we start with uh, Crescent Sanatorium and prison and in, in township PA. There's the defiance junior high school in Ohio, historic Harriman hospital in Tennessee, the Winchester mystery house, uh, Ashmore estates, mid orange correctional facility and Norwich state hospital. 
So I, I want to ask about the Crescent Sanatorium because it's a rural area. That's a really hard word to say, rural. <laughs> rural juror, that's even harder to say. Um, and this is, I correct me if I'm wrong, this is the largest location that you guys have ever explored to date. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah, acre-wise. Yeah, acreage-wise and building-wise yeah. for sure. 20 buildings. Was this like a logistical nightmare to cover this much ground and just attack such a major location, such a big location? Oh, yeah. I mean, our, our B-roll team, who's like a couple of days ahead of us always, they they had to come out like a couple of days early and they were there for like almost a week before we showed up because there was just so much to see. And even when it ended, when episode two ended, I mean, I know everyone probably disagrees, but I'm like, we got to come back because we only saw 12 of the 20. Yeah. I'm curious uh, for everybody what the response was when Dakota said, okay, this is going to be a no flashlight zone. This is the new thing. Um, uh, Tanner, you, you're shaking your head vigorously. Uh, what was your response? It was brutal, man. I mean, like you're all by yourself and like your one sense of security when you're uh, doing your sleeping alone is to take a flashlight, like look at your surroundings, try to get used to it get some sense of comfort but the second that flashlight is gone like you are in the pitch darkness I mean you can barely see your hand in front of your face so it's it was definitely nerve-wracking it definitely upped the ante when it comes to the scare factor but I mean would I want to do it again no what did it make good television yeah but I, like I'll, I'm probably going to sneak in and a flashlight next season if that is the case <laughs> you know it is good television, which means that you are now going to have to do it every season. That's that's <laughs> going to be baked in. Uh, <laughs> Alex, Alex, were you guys, uh, did Dakota reveal this to you on camera, or was there a little bit of a tease that this was happening beforehand, and what was your response? No, this was uh, revealed on camera, so he got our raw reactions, and uh, for me, I should have seen it coming because in season three i did the exact same thing for my location at odd fellows um i took away everyone's flashlight as kind of my challenge for everyone for that night but i didn't think it would carry over to an entire season and i was a little upset with myself that i even gave that idea to him <laughs> well, i mean chelsea were you surprised that your brother could go into such messed up territory? I'm guessing the answer is probably no. Surprised? Absolutely not surprised. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that we try to showcase in the show also is how dark it really is um, when you don't have a flashlight. The, the night vision camera, it makes it look like we have full luminance, like everything's lit up, but to our human eye, we couldn't see something two inches in front of our face. So it's one of those things we try to just quickly at least show um, the viewers how seriously dark it is and how hard it is to navigate these really complex buildings. They're obviously unfamiliar territory for us too. We get dropped off there at night. So trying to navigate an unknown area with no flashlight is very dangerous, Dakota. <laughs> I didn't know that. I almost broke my dang back this season. <laughs> well, that it is it is kind of funny because you, you come up with like in TV, like this is a great idea. And then you actually have to execute it. And you're like, this is a pain in the butt uh, yeah. to actually do. It was. I mean, for all of us, like on top of just being scared, like operating the equipment was so hard. Like even whipping out a digital recorder, you're like putting it this close, trying to make sure you're recording. And it was not easy. Yeah. The, well, there's actually an interesting uh, question in the chat here. I'm going to bring it up that are there any locations you think would be less scary in total darkness? Like where the location itself looks scary and you'd rather not see it or is your imagination always going to be worse? Places that are less scary in total darkness. That'd be interesting. That is a really good question because I kind of thought about that as well. Like hmm, maybe it's better that I don't see anything of my surroundings, but I think to answer the question, yeah, my imagination is a lot worse than reality. So if I'm in total pitch darkness, I'm imagining the worst things are coming around every single corner. So 
Yeah, I'd I'd rather have a flashlight. I just I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather see it. Same. I'd uh, rather. Who? I mean, Chelsea, how's your night vision? Oh my gosh, mine's just terrible. And and just talking about the human eye, if you have a screen pointed towards you, it it actually makes the surrounding darkness even more dark because they're different parts of the eye. So if you just had no screen and your eyes could maybe adapt a little bit to the darkness, but it's just does not work out for me at all. <laughs> the the thing that like when I go into locations, yeah, there's like sort of the scary element, but I don't do roaches. Roach ugh, like as a native Floridian and then someone that lived in New York lives in New York City you would think I should be used to these things, but grosses me out. So that's the kind of thing that in total darkness would be freaky to me. Was there any kind of other phobias that started coming to the forefront for you when you're in the darkness? I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that has a roach thing, but. It's funny you said that because a fan actually pointed out, well, the first message I got from this person was, you definitely weren't alone down there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? And they <laughs> sent me a clip and it was this little mouse running by me. And I was like, I had no idea, but I'm like, okay, that's, actually quite creepy <laughs> yeah i think i fear i fear the same thing like as you aaron where whenever the lights are out like if it's a rodent if it's a spider a cockroach like anything i'm pretty like i always it's always in the back of my mind like i just always feel like itchy and gross yeah i just like oh feeling the heebie-jeebies <laughs> how did the how did this light lights out experiment kind of affect you personally after the fact is there did it kind of change the way you think about the locations about paranormal was there any kind of like lingering effect uh of this particular experiment tanner how about you i mean it definitely you think like all right so we did eight locations in a row you think it would get you get used to it but it never got easier I feel, at least me personally like Every location we went to and you can't see anything, it just seemed just as difficult trying to wander these buildings, trying to explore, and trying to get used to being in the complete darkness when you're by yourself. So for me personally, I feel like like as we went on, I was just hoping and hoping, like, okay, like maybe by like night seven, I'll be able to like see a little bit farther and get used to this darkness thing, but it just never did. So like that that was it was just a little difficult for I think all of us actually. Yeah, your superpowers didn't kick in. You didn't develop like supervision. Evolve your little Darwinism, but yeah. Oh, after two nights, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's some fast evolution. <laughs> what about anyone else? Did this experiment kind of alter the way you you think about phenomena or just the job uh, at large? I think the darkness like brought out a new side of just like a new feeling of fear. Like when you have a light, you like, you always think worst case scenario, especially when you're alone, right? What if someone breaks in? What if there's an animal? What if, you know, I, there's actually a, a freaking ghost at the end of the hallway. But when you can't see anything, you are actually just like caving into the fact that like, whatever happens happens. And it's kind of like, like almost unhealthy where the amount of like, just trusting the situation and just being like, well, you basically throw in the towel and you're like, here I am and there's nothing I can do about it. So I think that just how it kind of shaped me and formed me, um, I don't like going there. <laughs> I like to have some kind of mechanism, flashlight that gives me a chance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about, how about you guys, Dakota, Alex? Uh, I mean... I feel like one thing I noticed after this experiment that got better in my life was when I come home at the end of the day, I don't have to turn on my phone light anymore. I can I can make it all the way to the light switch and turn on the lights. So and I don't need a light in my room anymore when I go to bed. Uh, so I've gotten a lot better at dealing with the darkness, which is great. So so sorry, Tanner, but apparently Dakota did develop some powers. <laughs> after that, after. <laughs> Some BS. <laughs> okay, I still use my phone light. <laughs> Alex, I think with this experiment, like the one thing that I noticed uh, regarding just paranormal phenomenon was like using your ears a lot more than using your eyes. Obviously, 
I was able to like kind of pick up on noises that I wouldn't necessarily hear beforehand if I'm paying attention with my eyes rather than my ears. So I think there's something to it. And maybe it is like heightening the fear levels will bring out more paranormal activity if they feed off of stuff like fear. Um, but yeah, I think I was hearing a lot more than I normally would. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to talk about episode three. So this is this uh, Defiance Junior High School. Um, if you guys are cool with it, I actually have uh, Travel Channel sent along a clip that we can show. And for folks that are listening to this in podcast form, just imagine the pictures of scariness. Uh, you can listen to the audio. But let's go ahead and play this clip. It's a little bit of a long one, but it's you, you guys will see. It's, it's a good clip. So let me throw to clip. I think we should start in the basement. We're going right to the basement. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. We should not. Lead the way, our fearful leader. Freaky. <laughs> what? It's like a dungeon. The basement is where Janitor Maul lived and where he reportedly abused a student down here. When asked, how did you die? Someone got the response, I'll show you. I'm gonna have the obvious on the entire time we're down here. If Janitor Mall is down here, he will be able to choose one word at a time and talk to us. All right, Chelsea, you want to hold the obvious while we're down here? There you go. This is really creepy. Janitor Mall, can you talk to us on this device? Where would he have stayed? He has a room back here. It's in total disrepair, but up here is where he was said to live. It's like a crawl space up there. What? Here! It says here? <gasps> what? It said here! Okay, he's here. He just told us he's here. A lot of people think you're a bad man. Is there anything you'd like to say? Were you actually as bad as people say? Or was the superintendent trying to frame you? Who killed you? What? <gasps> teacher! What? What? It's a teacher? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Did it really? It said teacher. What? You asked who killed you, and the response was teacher. That paints a different picture in my head of what went down. Very cool. I mean, this was the first time that you guys have done a school, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, first yeah. school ever. And uh, it does not disappoint. It's one of those episodes that I think is probably like the underdog of the whole season because it doesn't sound scary, but when you watch it, it's such a good, creepy episode. And just, just to check, check, Tanner, Tanner's uh, mic is uh, messed up. Tanner, if you can hear this, I would say, say refresher. All right. Page. Page. Okay, lost Tanner. Um, that's fine. We didn't really want him in here. <laughs> the, the other thing about that clip, though, that I liked is that it's it's really impressive and it's very spooky, but it also just perfectly encapsulates everybody's personality. Um, it is oh my God. just a nice kind of combo of each of you. Like, um, and I feel like Tanner, you got a meme out of that too. Yeah. <laughs> I completely everything. I just got back in. What's up? Oh, oh no, you missed it. everything. Missed it. Oh, oh. Oh. oh, you guys are probably talking about how awesome and cool and nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like, you guys have noticed that I'm doing push-ups every night. Yes. I did say that. Yeah, we did say I, that. I'm all caught up. Okay. The, well, also, just that I said it perfectly, that clip uh, encapsulated everybody on the team, and I said that you're very meme-worthy on that with your, we should not. That yeah. That's going to be... That's, that's going to be a GIF or a GIF if you prefer. Our fans is like all of a sudden we'll have a, a new episode come out and then 
they will just create all these memes about us. Like it's like in every case scenario, like you can find a destination fear meme that works. <laughs> I like that. The, I mean, yeah. And again, it was really cool. And what I like about a location like this is that this was an active school until 2018, I believe. So it was open in 1918, active until 2018. So you have like a lot of really recent living energy from that location as well. Um, Chelsea, how about, what was your thought process on that? On going into a place where even a couple of years ago, there had been students, there had been uh, kids roaming those halls. Yeah, it's definitely a different vibe when you know you're going to a location that has such recent, like they just was open. We went, when we first walked in there, it was so weird because like all of the, the desks and the chairs, it looked just so much like we were just going back to school. Um, one, that's traumatizing. And then two, knowing that the events that actually took place there um, really happened recently uh, also added to that. So, yeah. And I just got done with school, like, not that long ago. So going back to school, I was like, are you kidding me? We couldn't do this, like, last season. <laughs> to be fair, it's not like you just finished with junior high. True, <laughs> not junior high. It was a little different. <laughs> a little different. Uh, let me stay with you for a second, Chelsea. I want to I wanna get everybody's perspective on why you chose the locations you did for this season. Yeah. And, uh, Chelsea, you, you picked – one of my favorite spots, um, and I think it's on a lot of people's bucket list, the Winchester Mystery House. And it's also, I think, the kind of the furthest west you've done. You haven't done California for the show yet, I don't believe. So talk a little bit about why you selected that location and kind of what previous connection or history you had with the uh, Winchester Mystery House. Sure. So Winchester Mystery House was something that uh, was a location that's been on my bucket list for a very long time. Um, there's really nothing like it in the U.S. It's a very um, just really specific story and a really cool building. Um, the building was built by Sarah Winchester and the, the blueprint, the layout of the, the mansion, the house was just absolutely crazy to me. Um, there's doors that lead to absolutely nowhere. There's stairwells that lead to just like the ceiling. Um, it's kind of like a maze and it was, it's just fascinating in so many different like capacities, but I thought it would be a place that for sure. I know all the, the guys too, they wanted to go there too. Like we share locations that we want to go to. So I know for sure we all wanted to go there. Um, and just like the paranormal stories, like everything about it was so captivating. So it was definitely somewhere we had to go and California kind of rocks. So I wanted to go to California as well. Yeah. It's, it's if it's really on your bucket area. list, you should definitely go because it's totally worth it. I've, I have been there and I would go back there many times that for me, my experience there, I've been there a couple of times. I didn't necessarily have the craziest paranormal activity, but it's one of those places that you're like, I'm freaking walking around in, in this amazing house, you know? Yes. So it's more about the location as opposed to the activity. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a great place. Um, Tanner, yours was the historic Harriman Hospital. Um, why was that on your list? Uh, for a couple of reasons, actually. Um, one, it's never been on TV before, and that's a big thing for me. I like introducing places that have never been seen, introducing a location to the audience that, you know, a lot of people have heard about Trans-Allegheny and seen it on TV, but like not a lot of people um, have even, even heard of the Harriman Hospital. So introducing new places is really fun. But on top of that, um, all of us have this very big ongoing list of over like 150 locations we want to go to. And this wasn't on this list. My location was not on that list. And so to throw a huge curveball to everybody of not even not being on TV and then no one has even heard of this location. That was one of the things that I was just like, oh, we have to go here because we go to this state and people can guess, but they're never going to guess my location because no one knows it yet. So that was like, yeah. the it's just like, all right, no one knows this location. Let's send everybody in here completely blind. It's so funny because I haven't actually been to this one, but weirdly enough, 
the author Richard Estep, he's a, a paranormal researcher, he threw a Christmas party for ghosts last week and hand-delivered all these Christmas cards to each of the rooms of the hospital, and he was soliciting videos from people. So these poor, unfortunate souls at the Harriman received a video greeting of me singing Christmas carols to them. Oh. And, and wow. so now the activity is going to be very malevolent. I'm okay. yeah, Exactly. I'm glad you for all of that, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really pissed off goes uh, over Chris <laughs> bad badly sung Christmas carols. Uh, Alex, uh, what about yours? yours? You did Ashmore Estates, and this is kind of an interesting one for the lineup. Yeah, so I chose Ashmore Estates uh, for a few reasons, like everyone else. Uh, it was one of the locations that Dakota, Tanner, and Chelsea went to for Trail to Terror, the original documentary that kind of sparked the entire show. Um, so when they got back, I heard all these stories. I saw the raw footage of what happened to them. And it's the only place that we haven't been back to from the documentary. And so I thought, you know, they're not going to expect me, someone that never went there and wasn't a part of the documentary to take them back to this place. So I kind of wanted to throw a curveball. And uh, yeah, instead of going as a group and experiencing the place together, I sent everyone in one by one so they could have their own alone time with the building by themselves. With no flashlights. With no flashlights. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, it's it's cool because you're introducing a new element to it in many ways. So it, it yeah. makes it worthwhile for this return visit. Uh, Dakota, with the others, we have Mid Orange Correctional Facility that's in Warwick, New York, and then the Norwich State Hospital. And I believe those are your selections. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit about maybe why you wanted to go to these. Yeah, I mean, Mid Orange is great. Like it's it's definitely it's been on my radar for a good year and a half now, and uh that one is a cool episode it's awesome but it gets like for me i i'm just so excited for people to see the norwich state hospital uh it's it's if you haven't heard of it it's an abandoned asylum in connecticut and back when we were doing trail to terror even and me and alex were researching locations that was on the list so it's been on the list from day one and I've tried every season and finally this season we got allowed access to go in and it just turned out to be one of those nights that's just, it's one of the scariest of the whole trip and all of the scary stuff, the main scary stuff happens when we're in a group together. So it was just such a weird night. And if if anyone just Googles this location, you'll see just how massive it is, how terrifying it is. It's surrounded by the woods. And this was the first time of the entire season where Chelsea, we actually couldn't communicate with her in her sleeping arrangement. There was no cell service that would work. I, I thought that would work, but there was no walkies that would work. Uh, I tried to call her right away and it was choppy and staticky. Couldn't even hear her. So you were, you were a good two miles into the woods away from everyone. Yes, I was. <laughs> I mean, Chelsea, you're, you know, you're a very tough person and resilient but that that is that's harrowing i mean again aside from like potential paranormal stuff which is scary in its own right that's just freaky that's so messed up <laughs> it's all luck at the drop like it's not like they selected chelsea to get outcasted it's it totally that's part of the part of the game you know and usually one person ends up getting utterly screwed and that was Definitely me. <laughs> yeah, with uh, with uh, friends and family like Dakota, who needs enemies? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I was actually I was curious. Um, and Dakota, you mentioned that Norwich was sort of the closest to. Um, well, you said it was a scary one of the bunch. Which of these cases, if you were going to select a case this season, that would be adapted into a horror movie? Which would be most horror movie ready? Uh, I'll start with you, Dakota. Um, man, I would. Okay, this is weird. Even though I talked down on it a little bit, but Mid Orange, it, there is a series of events that happens that night visually. Two visual captures that we got that happened almost back to back, and that to me, that night could be spun into like a sci-fi, like almost alien type 
movie. It's just, it's such a weird night. And it was, it was one of those ones that was, took me by surprise. That's okay. episode seven too. Alex. I'm actually going to say uh, Defiance Middle School um, because when I was sleeping alone there, I mean, all the events that led up to it were like, there's a killer on the loose in this school. But then I had one of the most terrifying moments that I've ever had sleeping alone. I was in the gymnasium and I heard voices below me coming from underneath the gymnasium. And I go down there and there is a radio just blaring out of nowhere. So I call Tanner over there. I'm like, there's someone here. I don't know what's going on. Like there's music playing. We go and we check, we turn it off. The music then starts up on another radio that's deeper within this like janitor's like facility area under the stadium. And we turn that one off and it jumps to another radio. And like, the, I don't know, just that, that feeling in complete pitch blackness with the music going, it felt like there was going to be a killer just stalking me. Well, the oh, creepy- that sounds so scary. I would not go follow it. I'd be like, okay, cool. See ya. Tried. Bye. I, I think the scariest part about it, though, is it's like, it's not like it's playing. Like when you listen to the audio, it's not like mainstream music. It, it's nothing you can even distinguish. It's so choppy and staticky. And it, it just, it literally sounds like a nightmare. Like it's so creepy. The, yeah, I, so I saw the episode and that's that, and they, uh, Travel sent me that clip as well. I didn't play that because I actually, it, it's really something you want to watch in the course of the episode, I think, yeah. because I was thinking this whole story is set up so nicely for a horror movie because you have sort of the old fashioned and new newish setting or modern setting i guess so that that was a creepy clip i actually did feel for you on that moment alex when you jumped up um tanner what was your thought um i gotta say the uh, crescent sanatorium and prison i mean the fact that there's so many different that location with so many different facilities like it it allows itself to have like uh, like a series of movies like you could go from the prison to the sanatorium to something going on with the church but I think what really ties that all in, which would make a really good scary movie, is the fact that the 20 plus buildings are all connected by a tunnel system. And within that tunnel system, we think that there's that mimic spirit there is able to wander around and kind of orchestrate chaos throughout the whole entire facility. So that allows it to be absolutely terrifying and could tie in multiple different movies uh, with just that tunnel system. Yeah, one one of the folks in the chat uh, said first the mimic of the music box and now radio turning on. Yeah, it's, you guys have like a lot of uh, audio phenomena that is not electronic voice phenomena taking place this not season. Gonna, so not, we didn't ever speculate this in the episodes because it would have been too hard. But it's, I'm glad that that was brought up because like if you actually watch the next couple episodes. I do have like a conspiracy in my head that like maybe something followed us from Crescent because some stuff happened the next episode and the following episode that kind of remind me still of the mimic. And uh, that was weird, but that's a theory. I don't know. Like, who knows? Probably attached to you, not anyone else, right? Yeah. Oh, probably. yeah. <laughs> I hope I at least hope. <laughs> They, I'm sure he deserves punishment and a haunting for many reasons. The Chelsea, what was what would you say is the case that would be most adaptable into a horror movie from this season? Because we all had different answers, yeah. but mine is Norwich State Hospital. Um, I have a few reasons why. One, just the types of procedures that happen there are basically like a horror story in itself. Like some of the experimental things that we used to do, obviously with good intention. Um, are horrific now, um, but also I'm not going to say too much. Um, but as far as what we've heard, but we heard some kind of scary stories that actually happened on the property that had to do with kind of people breaking in and some kind of really scary, dangerous stuff that happened on the property. So I think that just like we could have been part of a horror story that night and being so isolated and so, like that's my number one fear is being alone and having an actual person with bad intentions come into the property. And so that was kind of something I was actually thinking about while we were there is, I hope this does not happen to us because we are not equipped to handle this right now. 
And it seems like every show ultimately has that kind of experience. Uh, I know that uh, I was on set for the live filming of one of the Ghost Hunters Halloween episodes, and they were at Buffalo Central Terminal in, in um, uh, Buffalo, New York. And it's not just a catchy name, in Buffalo, New York. And yeah, they had someone that was in the property, and suddenly all of the activity was not about ghosts. It was about a very human uh, person trespassing so gosh it creeps me out i mean yep. that part creeps me out the very oh, real threats the i i'm i'm just kind of intrigued when we do like these events and when we interact with folks from different projects you get a lot of different perspectives on what's out there and how people approach this stuff and now that you've been out there doing multiple events at this point have you kind of evolved on your perceptions on this high strangeness on the things that are out there about, you know, and not just ghosts, but all of it. Chelsea, why don't you start? I would say that I always believed, um, but when you have your own stories and your own experiences, it just validates it so much more. Like growing up, it was always what you watch on TV and the stories you hear from other people and but now that we have been fully immersed into some of the most haunted buildings in the world, I would say that it only exemplifies that. And I don't know, it, it's pretty cool to have your own stories too. <laughs> yeah. Tanner. Um, I'm kind of same thing with Chelsea. I mean, you talk to a lot of people and when you tell them like, Hey, here's something that happened to me. And then they go like, dude, I watched the Waverly Hills thing uh, episode. I, when I was on the fourth floor, something exactly like that happened to me. And then that kind of gives you an extra like validation. It's just like, okay, I'm not going crazy. Like something else is happening here and other people are also feeling it. So when you actually did converse with a lot of people, especially with, you know, like you, like you and uh, the ghost hunter guys and the ghost brothers guys, and you kind of just like share war stories and when they kind of correlate that really validates like what you've been doing this whole entire time yeah i it it does and like the theories about weirdness it, you know when you start talking about like temporal anomalies or time loops or uh getting into the weeds about aliens and cryptids and whatnot which i love i love all of it but it is great having essentially co-workers where we are able to be like, yeah, you know, this is my thought about the Mothman. And, <laughs> and you're like, me too. <laughs> Alex, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I mean, I definitely agree with what Tanner and Chelsea both said. I think, uh, you know, going into this, I'm very uneducated in paranormal phenomenon. So... We've had the opportunity to work with the TAPS crew a couple of times now, and just learning from them has been so eye-opening. Um, there's one case where we're in a building together and Tango is with us and you know he tells us to stop and we heard a noise and he tells everyone to just stop moving. And he has his own theory of like, you know, when you hear something, it's almost like a bridge to that other world is happening you don't want to move you don't want to break that connection just sit there let whatever's happening happen and so there's you know there's a lot of good teaching moments that we learn from those guys mm -hmm. yeah i would have to agree with that too there's just we've we've gotten to not only hang out with but work now with some of the the best in the business so that's been amazing and then kind of to tanner's point too like We've, we've had so many people at conventions come up to us and show us their evidence or things they captured at the locations we've been to. And like we had one guy show us a voicemail from Trans Allegheny that he got years before we ever went there. And it completely like matched with what we experienced. And so that we've had some cool validating moments that way too. Yeah. I'd also say that like before doing this, like I always thought like the most notoriously haunted places on paper would give us the most paranormal activity but we have had quite opposite the case at some of these places like sweet spring sanitarium was one location and i was so my guard was so down this was season one because i'm like never heard of it whatever <laughs> like internally i'm like this is gonna be 
piece of cake, you know, and then all of a sudden it hit us so bad. We had to leave. We actually had to leave. <laughs> so I think that's a common misconception that I grew on it. I figured that out real quick. I, yeah, I, I like those places that are kind of left alone for a while and they're not well known. I mean, it's cool going to the well-known locations. That's awesome as well. But going to these places where it's almost like, I kind of think that activity simmers or like it's a paranormal crock pot. It's just like stewing in there for a long time. And then when you get to go in there, you kind of puncture it and it, it just explodes, you know, mm-hmm. that that's why I like going to new places like that. Yes. D- Dakota, sure. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I know, I know you want to go international again, and that was the plan pre COVID before that derailed some things. A lot of people, you know, they want to go to Europe, which is great, you know, check out or more of the United Kingdom. Great. Do you have any interest in kind of exploring phenomena in Asian countries, going to Africa and seeing like just these vastly different cultures with their very unique takes on the on the paranormal? Definitely. I mean, when we started, when we first got the show, uh, that was kind of one thing we all talked about was like, man, if, if, if we can get to the point where this show is going to different countries, like we've made it. That's like the ultimate goal. So that's always staying true. I hope it gets to happen. But yeah, I don't think I would put any limitations. Like I would I would love to go anywhere, whether it's Asia, whether it's Europe, like anywhere that's not America to me sounds really just exciting and fun just based off of what we experienced in Ireland alone. So definitely. Yeah, because I mean, like all like walks of life, all cultures, they have their own ghost stories and they have their own spiritual like tellings. I mean, just through generations, every like the Mayans. I mean, like uh, Australia has its a whole entire mecca of just a bunch of different locations that at least America has not been able to be seen by just the general public. So to have the opportunity to explore places that aren't just your generic like go to Europe, go to the UK, another English speaking country would be so cool. I mean, going to anything in like in Asia would be absolutely mind blowing to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a country, we're obviously we're babies. We're a very young country, but also I think, you know, obviously the indigenous peoples prior to us, they've been here for a long time with a rich cultural tradition. But as far as the white folks in America, young country, but also young ideas about the paranormal. Then you go to other places like Japan, where you're having millennia of ideas that have been building up. It's it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also the show ultimately does apply this. The format really could apply to a cryptid hunt, a, a UFO kind of thing. Is that anything that you guys would be interested in doing? That would be so cool. <laughs> I think I would like to go UFO hunting. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be a blast. Like cryptids, I don't know, honestly, for us, but we all have a genuine interest in UFOs, and we actually have our own experiences, too, with that. And uh, definitely, like, that, I've always kind of, in the back of my mind, wanted to do, like, a documentary with Destination Fear, but taking on, like, aliens, go to, like, Stardust Ranch or Area 51, like, do something with that. Yeah. Definitely. Very cool. Uh, We have another question out there that I'm going to just bring up before we start winding down. It was, and I seem to have, oh, there it is. The question is, after four years of doing the show, is there one experience that happens at a location that sticks out to you above all other experiences? Basically, the thing that continues to linger or, to borrow a phrase, haunt you, even after the fact? Um. For me personally, I think we all kind of look back at uh, Sweet Springs Sanatorium as like our our big first official like, what the hell is going on? There's no explanation. We're super confused. Uh, Enough where we all looked at each other like, wow, this stuff is like not only real, but like can actually get us to a point where we want to leave a building. I mean, that's something that we all kind of like almost like – compare it to a lot of times like we'll go like oh this is like another sweet springs type like moment oh this is a might be another sweet springs location so i I just had to say that one for sure yeah 
Mine Anyone would have else? to be Randolph County Infirmary because that one, that episode, like I've never even like, I have not seen myself that hysterical like ever. Um, it, it really did shake me. It was one of those situations where we branch off and one person goes in for a solo. I was in the basement by myself. I sounded confident at first. I might've been a little scared, but who's not when you're navigating a basement by yourself. And I sat down, I was kind of talking about the room in front of me and then clear as day with like clear as it sounded like it was in the hallway right with me, a female voice said, hello. And I was like, I didn't even know what to do. Like people flight or fight. And I just sat and cried. <laughs> it was one of those moments I will never forget. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it sounds great and it sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think for me, like for me, it was this, this season and it wasn't even in the, on the road trip. It was like the thing that gives me nightmares today is coming home and watching the footage first discovering Tanner's audio at Crescent episode two, that it completely went away. And when you left the building, it came back because like that to me is so weird because we are running internal audio. So it's not like he has a lav mic on that audio is coming from his camera. There's no plug, no port, like nothing. It doesn't make sense. It's never like happened to us. So that was so weird. But then to like keep editing the show and see, the following episode, the radio thing with Alex, because I had only heard that from you. I never saw the footage. Mm -hmm. But then even going forward, like every episode after that, like especially uh, Tanner's Harriman and Chelsea's Mystery House, like there are things we captured on camera that we didn't know were there when we left all these cameras in random rooms for hours on end. And that to me kind of freaked me out the most this season was like coming back from the road trip, thinking it was so terrible, so scary, but only to discover so many, like much worse things on our footage that we didn't even know happened. Yeah, and there's that element when you're making TV, sometimes you get gold when the cameras aren't rolling and that's incredibly frustrating. And, uh, and someone in the audience wanted to know, has there been experiences that took place when you were not shooting. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm trying Definitely. to think of like some that stand out. I mean, I can think of even at Defiance when I went to go to the bathroom, it's like a long, long walk. And uh, when I was in there, like in the girls' bathroom next door, it sounded like someone was like punching the stalls and then like slamming a door. And I thought for sure like, ah, oh, Tanner must've just, you know, went into that bathroom or something cause I'm in this one and get out and look and there's no one in the girl's bathroom and it like there's always stuff like that and even in our downtime where like we're that's one thing we don't do that like we don't cut we, we when we cut it's like cut battery in roll because we don't really want to have like even if we're in the gear room we'll just set our cameras on the ground filming at us just in case like something happens there's been times yeah. though where we're filming maybe like our time lapse and stuff like that but or maybe haven't even got to that point yet i remember at penhurst we got to the gear room. We got our stuff like about to enter scene. And all of a sudden, like we heard like what sounded like a couch getting dragged across the floor. I'm like, turn on the cameras. It's like, <laughs> it's, it was, it's definitely happened. That's like the one that comes to my mind because I'm like, dang it. What if that's the best evidence we get all night? <laughs> but it wasn't, but stuff. <laughs> that, that was, uh, I was filming a thing at Penhurst, and it was, and it wasn't a it wasn't a paranormal show. It was like a Halloween show um, about haunted attractions. But at the end of the night, we're breaking down, and you're just like ready to go to bed, just waiting, you know. And they're wrapping up and everything, and just some random wheelchair rolls by with no one. No yeah. one would have pushed it. No one was, and it's just like. Of course, this kind of shit happens when you're not actually filming it. You know, that would be so creepy. No. No. I'd been yeah. out. <laughs> well, I wanted to be out. I was trying to go home for the night. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, yeah. And like, honestly, the, the bathroom thing, I, I feel for you guys because when you're doing overnights there and you do ultimately have to use the toilet, it's like you're vulnerable when you're sleeping. 
but you really don't want things to happen when you have to go to the bathroom. It's yeah. true. So true. It's like yeah. that zombie land where uh, all of a sudden he's going to the bathroom, the zombie comes crawling underneath, and it's just like, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny you bring up bathrooms. It's actually a question we get a lot more than I would have ever ask but <laughs> usually it's we just have like a biffy or something like an like an outhouse thing and it has to be out of the view of the drone right so it's usually pretty darn far away so that journey to the bathroom is actually really terrifying i think the one thing that comes to mind is sheboygan asylum where they had one functioning bathroom, but in order to get to it, you had to walk through the entire tunnel system to the boiler room to go to the bathroom. So like that whole night, anytime anyone had to go to the bathroom, it was like, it was like high school all over again. Like, let's all go together. <laughs> it was so, but like when we got to sleeping alone, I remember you like walking, like, dude, I got to pee. And it was like, you want me to come with you? You're like, I got it. I think and like. Like that was probably the scariest part of the night. It was like every time you had to go pee, it was like, oh my god, I had to walk the entire tunnel system. <laughs> At least I was already down there. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's I, I it's why I love uh, the luxury of like doing an event or doing filming at a, a nice old ho or a nice hotel, you know, like the Mount mm -hmm. Washington or Stanley or whatever, where it's like, well, hey, modern amenities. So maybe it's not haunted. Maybe I'll be terrified, but at least there's a comfortable bathroom nearby. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it just took a weird turn. It's my fault. Uh, talk about bathrooms all day. I'll talk about bathrooms all day. <laughs> hey, this could be yeah. This could be a whole spinoff show. Um, paranormal toilets. Paranormal yawns. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> weird note to go out on, but this is it. We're gonna go out, uh, guys. I thank you so much for your time. Of course, the episodes uh, Destination Fear airs. Friday nights, uh, 9 p.m. on Travel Channel and also streaming same day on Discovery+. Plus. My guests are Tanner Wiseman, Alex Schroeder, Chelsea Layden, Dakota Layden. Uh, and I guess final thoughts uh, to go out on. I don't know. You want to wish anybody like happy holidays, Merry Christmas or anything or any greetings that you want to put out there as we're in this weird holiday season? Yeah, uh, I mean, first, happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays! Happy, holiday. Happy New Year! Hopefully, yeah. there's some fear in the New Year. Oh, hey, no, anybody? Chelsea. It started. Chelsea, turn on. Pull it in. That's it. That's we're calling it. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys. Bye. Have a great one. Bye, Happy everyone. holidays, and I, hopefully, we'll see you all soon in person. Yes. All right. Bye, guys. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. <laughs>